Can you be an originally human being? I don't think so. But I do believe you can be a unique individual. You are nothing more than the people, things, and circumstances that surround you. That being said, you cannot be original because you did not make you, you. Every thought and action taken has been influenced by all that surrounds you. Maybe a person is just a representation or a manifestation of the universe in a localized space and time. What makes you unique is that there is no other person that has or ever will live with the exact same experiences. Even an identical twin has enough variables in their life to escape the process of becoming a carbon copy. Just like an artist, you cannot create without inspiration, but that does not diminish the creation. Every brushstroke is precious and unique. Hello and welcome back to Audio Pong. Zach here. Marco, how you doing today? Oh man, I'm in. Uh, I'm having a tequila sunrise morning. Let me tell you. So you, what does that? What does that mean? Does that mean you're like you are drinking tequila sunrise, or does that mean you are on the sunrise of a past tequila night? So it technically means nothing. Okay, it means that it's it's a really <laughs> lame way to say I'm technically hungover. Oh, but with tequila, for some reason, I recover very well. Quite well, I mean to say. So I don't know why that is. But I wonder if p- the pure the spirit, the better the hangover. Like in the sense of like recovery wise, because sure. there's less uh, additives. Like tequila is what agave, and that's it. And I really like agave in general. Like yeah. I love I love it in drinks, like especially like en- energy drinks. Okay, if I can plug uh, full throttle, uh, I love you guys. <laughs> Your drink is great. Um, so. Yeah, I don't know. I agree, I think. But, you know, even things that are, like, truly pure, like bourbon, right? Mm. Or whiskey or rum. Well, there's a lot of, I guess, there's a lot of cheap things in general. I guess you could apply that to tequila as well. But, like, I feel like there's more variations, you know, in quality amongst the bourbons. there, There is. And so, no, there is with tequila as well. Actually, any. I mean, even vodka, which I consider to be, like, the most basic bitch of hard liquors. You know, most people drink like cheap I hate, vodka. I hate vodka. It, it, but it, even it vodka. Just, it just tastes like rubbing alcohol to me. No, yeah. I mean, even, but that's what I'm saying. Like, even vodka, like expensive, like like good vodka is, you can taste the difference. I mean, really? is, oh, yeah. I mean, cheap vodka to me, I'll, I'll put it to you like this. Obviously, vodka and most hard liquors have a consistency similar to water, but the cheaper the vodka is, the thinner it is, the flatter it is, the more water-like it is. And really good vodka actually has, it's not much, but there is a difference for some, coming from someone who used to drink vodka right. all the time. So vodka is distilled from like potatoes generally, right? Mm-hmm. I can't imagine that having it and a unique flavor or, you know, just a good flavor in general. You know, it's just kind of potatoes are, they don't really taste like much to me. Yeah, I mean, have you ever eaten a raw potato? Yeah, they're bitter. Yeah, I I don't remember it being that bitter, but yeah, I guess it is bitter. Um, it really really wasn't enjoyable. No, it's kind of a funny fruit like vegetable. Yeah, it's kind of like crisp like an apple, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's sort of somewhere between like an apple and a pear, but without any of that wonderful sugar. Sugar, it, that's yeah, but it's still full of starch, so it's like it's just a different form of sugar. Yeah, 
Yeah, I guess that's true. Sure. That's how you get the alcohol because otherwise, what are you going to, you got to add more sugar to it. True. Which I'm sure you do. It makes me think of something weird my grandmother used to make for me. She called it sugar tea and I drank it for years and I never questioned why. So I watched her make it one time and it, it isn't tea. It's just a bag of sugar in a pot melted down and it becomes a liquid and it tastes like tea it's really messed up so does she add water to it or no i know that i don't remember that but because you could add you know there's like that saturation level to like the point where like that's how simple syrup is made so if it's anything like simple syrup where it's just water and then a bunch of sugar to the saturation point to where you cannot add any Maybe more sugar Maybe she did add a it. little bit of water, but it really, I stopped drinking it the moment I realized I was just drinking pure sugar. I'm like, okay, I'm going to die. I right? mean, I still eat cotton candy. Actually, yeah. I haven't in a while, but I yeah. love it. Yeah. I don't know. I've never been, anyway, cotton, cotton candy fan. So how do you think that our realities are shaped you know i i see that like my perception of reality is really shaped by my parents like that that is how i have are we talking about growing up well not just growing up but to where where you are now so i guess yeah that entails growing up and like to find the origin right because my my influences and how i see reality is very christian based and then also just like hard working and being kind like that that is like my perceived notion of how to be and what to act and how I see things. Well, I agree. And um, it's most notable to me when I travel around the country because um, what you described is what I would call a Midwest upbringing, right? We both have that. We're we're the the strong backs, the laborers, you know. I mean, there's laborers everywhere, but we're raised, like you said, it's a very even if you aren't in a Christian family, it's a Christian environment. Western For sure. Christian yeah, I was going to say like Western environments are and very you're raised, Christian. You know, you're raised to, you know, keep your head down, pay attention, do what you're told, you know, all through school and from parents and everywhere you go so that you can be an agreeable worker, right? Because people don't want to have to put up with non-agreeable laborers. That's how I look at it. Hmm. And, and it dip, the reason that I say it's most notable is when I go to like say – the Southwest, or I meet people from California or from like the mountain states, like up north, like Montana or Wyoming, they're, they're very different in how they, um, approach that same mentality. Does that make sense? They're like California, like West coast people are much more, um, free spirited. And I, I, like they don't seem bound by duty of any kind. Yeah. Like I, I always kind of get that impression. Like it's just anything goes, don't worry about it. It, it, and it sounds attractive, but it's really mostly a negative attitude, in so my it's, opinion. It's, it's almost like a more self-serving. It's very self-serving. Yeah, I think it's actually. I kind of like it, though. It, yeah, but that's, <laughs> it, it's attractive because it's so selfish, right? Yeah. Um, and it's attractive, especially, I think, to people from the Midwest, like us, because we grow up in the opposite type environment. Now, that's not to say that people on the West Coast don't grow up in the descriptions we've just given. Right. This is just a, a flare. Of theirs, yeah, it's 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 a thematic change, mm. I would say. So you mentioned that like you were taught to keep your head down and to be an yeah. agreeable worker. See, I had the exact opposite. I was always like told to question things and to to stand up for what you believe is right, regardless of the masses against you, and to if you see if you see something wrong, say something about it. So I like 
I a lot of people, that. a lot of people say like, you know, like the, mm-hmm. the, the nail that sticks up gets hammered, you know, there's other like sayings about like when you mowing and then like, they're the ones that get their head chopped. Right. So, but like growing up, I, there, there was like this banner in one of my classes that had like some kind of inspirational quote. It was like a history class, right? And it was like to pretty much to, to stand up whenever you see uh, injustice and to, and to fight it. So I don't know if that, if I have a, a different than perspective from the agreeable worker that you mentioned, because man, I don't know if you know me at all, but I do question everything and I make it a, 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 a I, I make it a deal. Well, <laughs> I make it wasn't, it a, like yeah. a big point. I wouldn't say what I mentioned wasn't all encompassing of my character. That was just like, no, that's one that's, of my, 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 right teachers my influences my, my grandmother was basically the one who said stuff like that my dad was more like the way you described it you know stand up for yourself all that good stuff mm-hmm. so i had different teachers but yeah i would say in general though that is a mentality for um middle class and of course a lot of the middle class comes from the midwest i mean we just have a large population uh in terms of that yeah as far as the source of as far as that source is concerned i don't know you know so my experiences uh, within the country is very actually limited. I haven't traveled much within the com- country, but I have been to other countries. Like mm-hmm. I've been to Mexico, I've been to Jamaica, I've been to the Bahamas and things like that. Like mostly on a cruise, I hit all these different like Caribbean islands. It was really cool. But something I noticed like when I was a kid going to Mexico was that you you can make friends anywhere, even if you don't like speak the language. Like you really don't need to. Um, cause like we, I just started playing soccer with these like other kids that had no idea how to speak English and I had no idea how to speak Spanish. And it was like, it was really weird how we, we developed a game without language. It was, it was cause I had never played soccer before that. You know, I've never like, you know, really maybe I've kicked a ball around. That's pretty much what we were doing was just that, mm-hmm. but I never like played it formally. So I didn't really know. I didn't, I never had a, a set standard of rules. So like, it's pretty cool that. You can make friends anywhere like that, regardless of differences. It is cool. Yeah. I mean, we communicate. Our whole body is a a microphone. You know what I mean? For communicate. Mm. Oh, yeah, for sure. I think a lot is lost um, uh, or overlooked, I should say, with just body communication and just like, you know. Well, that I agree. Uh, I feel I feel as though I myself included, but we as humans often i don't know if take for granted is the right way to say it but we rely on spoken word or you know actual speech to yeah. to be the best form of communication and our brains are paying attention to more than it's letting us on about no right? for sure because i i definitely know that subconsciously people notice weak people people who have their shoulders rounded and yes. hunched over and like you know like right now i'm even doing it and you can hear my voice is kind of like well, gen- well generally speaking though that is when you feel safe and therefore you become comfortable you do let your guard down so to speak i mean that is a normal that's the normal effect for anyone it doesn't matter if you're an mma fighter or you know yeah no for sure if you feel comfortable you're not going to be trying to put on this like i don't want to call it a front but this persona it's a persona yeah, yeah. of of the tough guy of someone like don't mess with me you know it, it, it always it makes me think of the term which i i think of often is uh, ego exhaustion which is a great um way to describe 
what it feels like when we are exhausted from putting on a persona, let's say. That sounds like... So we we all put on acts, so mm-hmm. to speak. That's what your personas are. But that doesn't mean that we're false people or that we're liars necessarily. Just that we need different costumes of our character in order to operate in different situations and in different right. you know, yeah. social work. What have Alan you. Watts talks about that. And he talks about how persona was like the mask that they would wear in ancient Greece, like when they did their plays and stuff. Uh, they would wear different masks to, to emote different expressions. Right. So that's where persona comes from. So it is literally a mask that yeah. you're putting okay, on. That makes sense. Yeah. Accidental genius. <laughs> oh, so I thought that you had heard something that like if that. If I did, I didn't remember it. I, I was referring to uh, Daniel Kahneman, who is a um, an author and a psychologist. Yeah. And he he talks about that in his book, um, Thinking Fast and Slow, I believe was the title of it, or is the title okay. of it. It's a really good book, but that was my that's my favorite takeaway from that book is um, when he talks about ego exhaustion. And it was mentioned, in fact, I learned about the book from um, Penn and Teller. From oh, Penn, really? From Penn Dude, yeah, on Big Think. He, he, he mentioned so the book cool. and he mentioned that ego exhaustion when he described it. I'm like, okay, I got to read this because this is amazing, you know? I'm trying to think if I ever experienced that because I, I feel like that's something that you can you can have happen to you, the ego exhaustion, without even realizing that's what's going on. Yes, it can. It, for sure, that happens. But I also believe there are certain types of people that, that don't really, let's say, suffer from ego exhaustion. Really? Well, yeah, actually, I, I, I was going to use you as an example. So you don't, you don't really have different personas, in my opinion. You're sort of always yourself in any situation. That's right? cool. Okay. Yeah. I, it so- so- sounds disadvantaged, though. It sounds like I'm at a disadvantage, though. You are, but... You, I guess you could also argue that you're more genuine in that sense. I'm the opposite. And so I can, I'm like a chameleon when it comes to like different social situations. Right. But that also means that I'm less genuine. You don't really know me like you, like I, someone but Yeah, could but know I feel you. like those personas are you. They're just parts of you. Well, they're, they're parts of you, but there's just yeah. different highlighted things about you. Because I, I will change my speech and the way I talk and the things I say, but not. But but I, there's the underlying me there. I'm just I'm just well, that's packaging just it. it differently. Well, that's just it. That's why you suffer the. That's why it's called exhaustion, because those personas that are a part of you mm-hmm. aren't your sort of default persona, the one that you're most comfortable with. Okay. And because of that, you have to constantly sort of summon them. You have to give energy to the persona for okay. it to work, and that's why your ego becomes exhausted. It's like, for example, um, one of the Better examples he gave was um, like a businessman, right? Someone who has to, like a CEO of a company or something. When he walks in, he has to, there's a certain presentation of his character that everyone expects, right? And it's, and like you mentioned, weakness and strength. It Mm -hmm. has to project a lot of strength because he's the one in charge. The buck stops with him. He has to make all the important decisions. So if he fails in that in any way, then his weakness will trickle down. It will it will cause trouble. It'll cause problems. It may inspire others to be more troublesome. It may it may inspire or it may mean that some people become lazier with their jobs underneath him, things like that. So when he's done performing that persona, 
that's when he'll feel that exhaustion, you know, late at night when he's getting ready for bed or, or what have you, you know, that those kinds of things when he's relaxing his mind and his body. And that goes for anyone, you know, man. Or so woman. it's it's deeper than just uh, the changing of speech. It's like the change of an entire personality almost. It can be. Sure. I mean, any persona that you that you have as a person. And like I said, many of us have more than one has different characteristics to it. Some are simple, some are complex. Mm. And that's why it seems some people are quite disingenuous about their their who they really are because their personas are and I, very, I think that's you know, very noticeable. Lies. That can be very noticeable. Yeah, oh, yeah. When oh, yeah. someone's disingenuous, mm-hmm. like you can tell when they're like faking it, especially with smiles. Mm-hmm. If their eyes don't like get the, the creases in it, then you know that it's it's something's off. Like you're like He's, he, he, you don't, you may not notice, like articulate that the eyes are not creasing, but like you do see it. And that's, that's a cue to say like, they're not really, something's off. Like they're, their, their eyes aren't matching their mouth. Yes. I, uh, I know exactly what you're talking about because I'm pretty sure if I was tested, I might be, I don't know. OCD. I don't think I'm autistic, but <laughs> like, cause I do things. <laughs> Those are like two wildly different things. Yeah, but I know. Okay. But what I mean is like. I'll go into a room and, and count things, okay. count the number of outlets or wall switches or doors and windows and, and vents and things like that. Like my brain will just start doing it. Is and it because those things are interesting to you to no, see? No, they're not interesting at all, but they're, <laughs> they're, they're details, right? Yeah. It's just detail. It's information. It's input. It's like mm. Johnny Five, you know? I was going to say, it sounds like an architect. Yeah. And even like what you just mentioned about facial features and expressions, oh man, like I'm doing it right now. My brain's doing it, even though I know you really well, like it's not... That sounds bad, like I don't like trust you or something, but no, for real, like my brain is just constantly doing that. It's constantly paying attention to that. I used to people watch as a yeah. hobby, you know, I used to do that all the time, like every weekend sometimes. I was so bored living <laughs> on the north side of Chicago. I had no friends, you yeah. know, it was just me and my studio no, no apartment. TV. I had TV, I had computer and internet, I had all those things because this is like, you know, very early 2000s. Okay. But... I didn't really want to use them, you know, especially in my early 20s back then. Like, you know, it's a beautiful summer day. I'm in the city of Chicago. I just want to go out. I want to I just want to be in the world, yeah. so to speak. I don't want to be at home. You know what I mean? It was it was boring for me. I was never in my apartment. I was home to sleep, you know, or mm. fuck. That was it. Shower, <laughs> sleep, fucking eat. It, it, was, it was the den. It was, yeah. it was just a den, dude. Yeah. I didn't live in it, you know, so... <laughs> That's interesting because like most people it seems now don't go out. It seems like most people are like they they they're much more homebodies now. And there I wonder are many more for sure, yeah. but people still go out. I mean, you're still going to if you go to a a nightclub that's popular with young people, you're you're going to see a lot of young people, you know. So, I mean, in terms of that, yeah. Um I just remember as a kid though, even in even in college, I walked everywhere. Yes. So, the, and yeah. like and I was just outside way more. I would take walks just just to take walks, not even you know to get to go That's somewhere. That's a good point, actually. Um, especially like I mentioned, Chicago. So downtown Chicago, it didn't matter what day it was during the day. This the sidewalks would be packed with people just about anywhere, and it has really come down. Of course, that could be its own podcast because Chicago is in such a mess right now. The crime rate is skyrocketed. It's it's the highest really? it's been in over e- thirty years. I think it's even crazy in, like, dangerous. Yeah, even in like the quote. 
safe places, you know. Not yeah, there's no safe place in Chicago. Let really? Me tell you. Yeah. It, it turned it, into it Rockford. Exist. Coming from no, <laughs> coming from someone who's lived in different parts of Chicago most of his life and worked on the street for many years, I'm yeah. telling you, there's no safe. Don't pretend you're safe in yeah. Chicago. Marco wasn't. You weren't a street worker. You were. Uh, <laughs> oh no! You were, you were a uh, construction, construction worker. Yeah, I was right, right. Right. yeah. <laughs> working on the streets. You know, turning tricks. I know the corners. <laughs> so. When you come across someone with a a different perspective on something, mm-hmm. does that make you question your own perspective? Because it definitely makes me question mine. It definitely like, it's like, why do I see this way? Is this idea even my idea that I have? Did did I learn this I this perception, or is this actually my perception? Because kind of going back to the opener, yes, it, I feel like. All of our ideas are just inspired by others and other ideas and other things that happen. Yeah, so what what is truly original? How original are your thoughts? I really don't think you can be. It's just like art. Art can't be original because it's all inspired by something else. Like you can't just make something out of nothing. Like we don't I don't I, I don't think that's a possibility. Um I disagree. And awesome. the, re- the reason I disagree is because, well, it's just a matter of deductive logic. Anything first drawn is first drawn. Now, you could you could have a conversation about, let's say, um, a child who draws a skyscraper, right? There's no way that child could draw a skyscraper, presumably, without having first seen one, mm-hmm. right? But there also was never a skyscraper skyscrapers at one time. There's an evolution to things, right? Right. So, but just, that's that's the point. But is that, that, but that's my, but that that's what I'm trying to say is that the reason why that thought is so confusing is because you possibly aren't considering the evolution of how things of original ideas are formed. We didn't go from tree huts to skyscrapers. That's my point. There's right. A, there's a gra- there's an evolution, there's a, a, but I don't think that. I think that's what makes it unoriginal, is because that it's derived from something else. Well, I mean, original means, I mean, that to me just means origin, the origin of, I mean, the origin of something doesn't have to be completely out of God's will, you know, just spontaneously in the universe. I don't think that makes it more genuous of an eye of a creation. I don't think, I don't think genuous is because genuous, what do you mean by a genuous creation? Well, it seems like that's the argument you're making is that, that thoughts and creativity are somehow disingenuous or a falsehood because they're they're the they're the inspiration of something else that was itself the original creation or imagination that seems like the argument that you're making and that that isn't more important or more interesting to me that doesn't matter to me okay but i mean that's what i'm saying is that it can't be original without having a uh, or it can't come into existence without a derivative without something before it so therefore, it is not original. Because well, that's it's an not- easy argument to make too, because of the world we live in. We, we were born into a completely pre-made environment for us, right? Everything around us, someone else designed and has an, a story of evolution behind right. it. Yeah. So, but that doesn't mean that uh, original creativity is impossible. It, it all started somewhere with someone. Well, I think it can be unique. It can be different. But but because like you can create different, you can make you create a different thing with other elements, right? You're you're combining things to make something unique, but that doesn't make it original, because original because it is not 
necessarily the it, yeah it's kind of the first of its kind but it's not wholly the first of its kind because there's other kinds of things before that i mean does anything matter oh well all right <laughs> thanks mean, what, folks what's, for coming <laughs> what, 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 what why wouldn't it matter or why would it matter what what is what what makes what something I mean, matter, it matter to you or not i didn't i'm not asking the universe i'm asking you I think it doesn't matter because you can still be unique without being original. I think that that that's why it doesn't matter because you can still have importance and you can still be you still have something to be proud of with, I, without I'm it not, being original. I'm not less proud of things I create that were heavily inspired. I'm not less proud. Well, that, of that's because it's still unique. It's still wholly yours, and it's still something. That's I mean, why I'm saying that that, that being original does not matter because you can still be unique. Well, then you've confused me whole, 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 completely. I can't even spit out a word for it. Because <laughs> you started with an wholeheartedly. argument. Yeah, yeah, wholeheartedly. But that then wouldn't make any sense. But you started with an argument that suggested, at least to me, through your tone and definitions, that suggested originality and the perceptions. So you started with perception. Do you want to go back to that? Because it seemed like you, you started arguing for originality. You made it sound like true originality was more important than anything we produce now, but then you finish with it doesn't matter because it's still unique. Correct. <laughs> okay, so... But yeah, but that's the thing. It, it, you, you, you put your own idea in a grave, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> so I don't know what, what well, else I'm to say Well, I'm just pointing out that originality does not matter, is what I'm saying. That it doesn't matter that if... Because you still have something that's unique right like like an artist like i like i ended with is that yes you may not be able to create anything original but i don't think that matters i think that's okay you well, can I still be unique because every even like a paint uh, a brush of the stroke is going to be different each time because of the canvas even right or the, or the few hairs that are missing or or the few hairs that are more or the shape of the brush you know so it's still a unique line because everything about it has has changed but it is not original to create a line with a brush okay yeah no i mean that uh that tracks <laughs> yeah i mean you've uh, well done you concluded your thesis just fine <laughs> yes so, so I do. I, I deserve a doctorate now, right? I, you just gave yourself one. All right, so. I'm Doctor Wigan now. Thank you all. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to thank Actually, God. Doctor Wigan. Yeah, it doesn't sound that bad. So maybe you should go for a doctorate in something. Yeah, right, Doctor Wigan. I would like it because. <laughs> so, oh, I should get a do okay. So my last name means um, professional warrior. So I should get like a, a professional warrior. Yeah. So it's like like a mercenary or someone who gets you oh, know paid. I see. Someone okay. who gets paid to make war. Mm. So I should definitely get a doctorate in some kind of war. I mean, you just made <laughs> war with yourself. You you used me as as part of a punching bag for it, but you you got your doctorate and, and everything in one in one go. Good job. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Ten pages. Nah, we'll just do one podcast. It's fine. That's all you need. That's all you need. Well, I I look. I think that the way we perceive things is more important than how creative we are from where or where they originate from because mm -hmm. i mean you, you mentioned an architect or being a doctor things like that i had an argument once with a friend of mine and at some point in the argument or debate i should say i reached the i asked her the question um would you trust because she's an architect would mm. you trust someone designing 
a building, what have you, that didn't have a degree in architect? And she said no. So she wouldn't even work with that person. She wouldn't trust him at all. So I said, well, why? And she said, well, because they didn't go to school. They didn't, you know, they have nothing to vet their knowledge. Okay. I said, okay, that's fair. But there were students before there were teachers. That's a really good argument. And she didn't know what to say to that. And I, it's a bit unfair. I kind of knew that I was going to shut her up. But I wanted her to think about it because I wanted her to right. say what she might say afterwards. Right. Because right? that's how I view a lot of things. Now, that doesn't mean that I just trust everyone who says they can do things. I'm not going to go get surgery from a guy who's like, oh, I've done it before. No, but you know that's I mean? the whole idea with apprenticeships, right? Is that it's, you're, you're learning. You can still learn how to be an architect and how to build a house with without actually formal training from a school. Yeah, I mean, just go to YouTube. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I rebuilt a house practically from my, my uncle. Well, a lot of it was my uncle's knowledge. He yeah. helped me so much. But also just YouTube. I learned how to tile from YouTube. Yeah. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah, It's so cool how much you can learn on your own. And like every day, my like we talked about this before, like YouTube, my YouTube is set up to feed me new knowledge. It is the best algorithm I have created. Yeah, my my <laughs> my algorithm on YouTube is set up to piss me off. <laughs> it sounds awful. It is awful. Yeah, it sounds like more. It sounds more like my TikTok. <laughs> yeah, no. Well, that's all the same thing. I hate that. That everything is just an echo chamber. Every every app, every device, everything's a damn echo chamber. I want that to change. That's one that's one thing about technology, social media that I really, really want to change is the the perceptions of uh the, the locked in perceptions that are fed to us. Because when you think about it, we don't it, even though I I had this thought where it feels like I want to hear the same things, I want the same bias thrown at me repeatedly because it, it encourages it makes me feel good right? right it makes me feel smart and accepted it validates it your validates opinion. my opinions yeah. but and my beliefs more specifically but that is not i that is not a feeling i want to be long term because i seek you know knowledge i want i want independent knowledge as well yeah. i don't i don't i don't want to hear all sides of a, an argument a deeper understanding yes and, and you don't we don't get that anymore that's why actually i really hope like did you, um, did you ever? Do you feel like yes, there was oh, ever abs- a point? Oh, absolutely. I mean, look, I started before there was the Internet. What did I do? I read books. I went to libraries. I talked to people. I had conversations. You know what I mean? People actually did that. Like mm, So archaic. I know. No. I, <laughs> honestly, like when I wanted to go see friends, um, if I if I couldn't reach them with a phone call, I would just show up. You know what right. I mean? No, Think, for sure. So everything was very direct back in the day. And now it, it's it's weird. It's the the technology is designed to be more direct and more personal, yet it does the exact opposite. Yeah, there's a lot of arguments to say that technology is only driving us further apart, even though it's meant to be more connective. It, what it connects is um, a certain aspect of us, and that's our our aggression, our our aggressive. I don't know what to call it, but there's a part of our minds that is just an aggressive opinion our ego that's what it connects it 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 connects our egos and that is mm. only one aspect of our person right yeah. and it's really uninteresting to me to always just be connected to that i guess is what i'm saying yeah i've been blessed by my uh my inability to read at the same level as most other people because like i 
I'm off of Facebook. I don't do that stuff. I don't do um, Twitter. It just doesn't interest me because it's too much work. <laughs> mm. So I like I've been I've been really fortunate in that regard that social media has mostly like just passed by me, mm. and and I only you know put my focus in things that benefit me for the most part. I mean I'll go on TikTok barely benefits me. Sometimes I'll come across an interesting mm. little short, but mostly it's just like. I mean, you know that most TikTok is just girls dancing. Like, it's like, this is well, ridiculous. Yeah, and when those media started, like, YouTube is one of the first major ones, right? When YouTube started, it was truly random. I mean, there was no algorithms at play that were directing your feed. You didn't have a feed. There was no feed. Yeah. It was just pure random data. And, man, it was glorious. It was so beautiful. And you can't even get that now if you have no account. Even if you're not logged into YouTube and you start viewing videos, boom, you're already being treated as though you have an account. Yeah, I know you're right. Because I've done that. I've gone into a... uh like like an unsigned in YouTube and yeah. it shows me like the the general things the most popular videos but then as soon as I click on one it's all videos like that That's like, it. Yeah. wow that was quick wow you want to hear Arnold Schwarzenegger prank calls apparently in copious <laughs> amounts like we've got you is that a thing where people take like samples of Arnold Schwarzenegger and oh yeah the soundboard prank calls oh my gosh, you've never so... listened to that shit no I, I watch I, I told you educational it'll blow Marco, your mind there... dude I'm gonna ruin your algorithm dude I'm gonna fucking ruin your algorithm <laughs> we'll do it on yours That's fine oh, okay <laughs> we'll ruin yours well, well, that's what my friend that's what my roommate matt does he, he ruins all my algorithms but i actually enjoy it because he watches the most random shit you can possibly find on, on the internet yeah i mean from the funny to the offensive the problem with um i feel like i don't understand well i do understand youtube's algorithm for the most part uh and, and how to manipulate it to show me what i want but I wish it was more time sensitive because I really want things to, because like it, I'll put on long form things when I go to bed and that are more quiet, but it'll show me that stuff for during the day. I'm like, I don't, I don't want to see this right now. <laughs> it's like, I wish it was more time sensitive. So it would show me more like during the day and watching mostly educational stuff. It's like, that's what I want. All right, Zach. I want to talk now about, well, actually you're more familiar with this than I am. The allegory of the cave by socrates and plato well yeah so socrates a lot of what plato's writings are through the lens of socrates okay so i'm gonna read something okay. wanna, let's see what you what your what you what you perceive from it Ooh. what was that Ooh. 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 <laughs> see right. what i perceive i think you said something i was like i don't know you watch a lot of weird well shit, i wouldn't say so. ooh, and i would just say ah at the same time so oh <laughs> In the allegory of the cave, and this is off Wikipedia, Socrates, or Socrates, describes a group of people who have lived chained to the wall of a cave all their lives, facing a blank wall. The people watch shadows projected on the wall from objects passing in front of a fire behind them and give names to these shadows. The shadows are the prisoner's reality but are not accurate representations of the real world. The shadows represent the fragment of reality that we can normally perceive through our senses, while the objects under the sun represent the true forms of objects that we can only perceive through reason. Socrates explains how the philosopher is like a prisoner who is freed from the cave and comes to understand that the shadows on the wall are actually not the direct source of the images seen. A philosopher aims to understand and perceive the higher levels of reality. However, 
However, the other inmates of the cave do not even desire to leave their prison, for they know no better life. So I would say, just to add to that, mm -hmm. that it's my hope that each of us on this earth are attempting to be philosophers. Yeah. In some way, at least on the lowest level possible. Trying to break through to, to the greater reality. Correct. But then I wonder how, let's say, altruistic of a thought or wish is that? Because, you know, the old saying that ignorance is bliss is quite true. And I, I <laughs> yeah. often wish for it. I have to admit, like if... You know, people like when someone's asking, what would you do if you had three wishes? Dude, I'd be like the sphere. I want to forget everything. You know what I mean? Like, let me just start over. I don't even want to remember the life I've had. And maybe maybe, maybe that's how it all works. I don't know. But um, what do you I mean? Why or oh, why did I take the blue pill? Yes. Right? <laughs> yes, exactly. So how do you feel about that? Do you think that because you're very much like a philosopher, you have a very philosopher like brain. You know, Thank you. I, I like to think of it as creative, but I guess philosopher, philosophy and creativity kind of go hand in hand. It's nearly right? synonymous, it's just, in my opinion. It's just looking at things through alternate perspectives. Mm -hmm. So I don't, I don't, I don't think it's. Is it a good thing? Would you rather be the way you are? I hate it sometimes, for sure. Like what you're saying is well, like the, the thinking man. I was just about to say, I always like to say, yeah, because yeah. like as you always say, um, but. No, I, yes, in some circumstances, I definitely wish I was just straight stupid and happy, right? Because like, that's that's peace. How wonderful that's, is that's it? bliss, uh, right? Yeah. But like, I also hate lies and I hate partial truths and I hate not knowing and I hate not being in control. So I feel like with the more knowledge I can gain, the more control I can have, and. And that's that I, to me, that's a good thing to have more control. But I mean, it's also like that pursuit drives suffering, you know, that pursuit like makes me worry about my future because I don't know what's going to happen because of whatever particular circumstances. Say someone's ill, right? Like, and it's out of my control. I mean, that kind of goes into stoicism, too. It's like if, once you've done everything you can do, let it be like just relax because you've mm -hmm. done all you can do like there's mm -hmm. no reason to stress you've already done everything no it's true there is i've thought about that myself there is a point where you can no longer do anything helpful and instead all you are doing is hurting yourself mentally like stressing yourself yeah, out that's all you're doing you're just you're just lingering the hurt. thing is i can't just like go either even though i know that yeah it's well, like it's i can't easy. just like it's especially I hate it when people tell me that because it's like it's fine you did it all you can just like you know let the chips fall where they may it's like no nah, dude I can't I can't relax like I know I know that's what I should do I but I don't know how to I've tried to define what can't means too and I find that a lot of times maybe every time I don't know that can't really means I don't want to in, well, I think in, in, in a, a, a lot way. of it means I just don't know how to. Sometimes, I, I think yeah. that's what really what it, if I knew how to just let go, if I knew whatever switch I could release to just not care and just like, you is know. Is that what philosophy does then? Is, or is, is that a, is philosophy an attempt to just understand? Yes. For to, me, to it be is. Safer to be safer to be able to 
conclude things and make decisions make decisions uh, understand reality feel safer within like the company you're in because then you can predict what's going to happen and you you feel more secure you don't you're not you're not standing on this wobbly edge right of like teeter-tottering between both the known and the unknown i think the unknown is very stressful and i think you need to step into the unknown so it can widen your sphere of the known don't you think that part of part of why our society is so split and so polar everything is a dichotomy it's 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 a or b it's red or blue you know it's apples or oranges yeah i i I fall into that like put everything belongs in a box yeah well i don't don't you think at least i think a big part of the reason it is that way is because half of us are philosophers and the other half aren't i guess you know some of us like the 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 allegory of the cave many people want to stay in the cave watching the shadows i guess you could just say like the matrix is another example no for sure and we'll have the matrix one day and without a doubt there's gonna be people who just want to be plugged in i mean even this metaverse thing i've been looking at videos of you know what bothers me about it is not that it is an escape from reality, but that it warps our perception of it, because it, even what they've like shown off, mm-hmm. looks so fake and so, so medicinal or not even medicinal, but just like you know like dentist office white. You know what I mean? Okay. Like it's just so not nature. It's not. It, it lacks the nuance that nature has, right? yeah. All the variety and weird detail that that is in nature that is in us. Right, there are and, no straight lines in nature. Yeah, so there, right. yeah, everything converges at, at some point. Right, exactly. So that's, yeah, it, it's. But in a alien. mathematical program, you could create straight lines, so things would look off. They would look weird. Well, They're going to. That's that uncanny valley where it's just right enough, but quite not right because because you can see the little there's little details that are, that's catching you off guard that's, well, that's like what that's I wrong think, yeah it's the whole thing we're talking about with with the, the mouth matching the eyes it's like like this just doesn't match my perception of what reality is so something's gonna it's always gonna feel eerie i think that's where it, i think that that gap is gonna be filled by ai i think ai is gonna have so much data that it's it's going to imagine it's it's going to imagine that it'll become its own sort of nature Mm-hmm. because of that because i've seen already what i've seen the current ais what it can do i mean it's already out of our hands it really is it really is it's like its own life at this point it's starting to become if it hasn't already well yeah well the whole the way that some ais are built are by an ai program building other ais and testing and then disregarding and then letting it and then making random mutations if you will like you know genes do until you get a um efficient program Mm -hmm. so the creator of that original ai has no idea how this ai works because it has been gone through so many iterations Mm -hmm. that he or she wasn't even a part of like it was it was created by another robot and therefore it is not original no it isn't but it's unique isn't it it's different it's it's, it is created through variables you know like i was saying with the whole the twin like an identical twin could live with you your entire life but there's still enough variables to to help them escape that carbon copy so they're not exactly like the twin there's there's there can be you know maybe he got a cut so that person that that one twin has a scar or maybe the other one you know had a 
someone who influenced them with some kind of knowledge that they they took off and ran with. So it's like just there's just different things like that. It makes you unique. But do, it's, you, do you think there are more philosophers now than there were in the days of Socrates and Plato? Do you no, think I think it's less. less? Yeah. It's got to be because I feel like, especially with like mythologies, right? I feel like people really thought about their religion and they really thought about, not to say that people don't think about what their religion means in another day, but that everyone, like, they take, uh, take ancient Egypt, right? Mm-hmm. There was no separation of church and state. The church was the state. Like that, the pharaoh was the high priest. Mm-hmm. You know, they were the they were the hierarchy. They were the the one who was in control of not they were just holy the, and royal. Yeah, yeah, it was the same thing. It was synonymous. So, going, I think there was more people thinking about the world abstractly then than people do now because now people are just kind of like I feel like we're just binging things all the time in media, and there's so much just like. And we're not, and it's not provoking. It's not thought provoking. It's not making us think about the world in different ways. Mm. It's just this. It's an farm. It's yeah. just this farm it's of anesthesia. like, yeah. yeah, of just like, it really does. It is a lot like anesthesia. It's mm. a lot like just escape. It's escapism is what it is. Mm. We've talked about that before. And, and it's just, it doesn't even make us think about a reality. So I really do believe that there was more philosophers back in, uh, the, our ancient world. I don't know, you know, how many thousands of years ago. I mean, even take before electricity was, was around. We really didn't know how thunderstorms were happening, you know? I agree. And I wonder how will, how will the birth of AI or our own technology perceive us 